0: Welcome to Inside Texas Football, powered by InsideTexas.com. Uh, a lot of big things shaking up lately. I know the YouTube uh, Texas uh, ecosystem is kind of uh, wondering what's going on. Uh, well, obviously, we got a channel uh, coming your way to satiate, satiate the masses. With me today is Drew Kelson. Drew Kelson, of course, is going to be a mainstay with Inside Texas, uh, including the YouTube channel, or especially the YouTube channel. Not only will he host, uh, he'll also commentary uh, commentate on live streams. Uh, he'll be a guest, a frequent guest.
1: Uh, Drew, how's it going, buddy? Doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's about time it finally happened. We, uh, I've been looking for a more formalized agreement with you for for years, uh, and it looks like the timing is right right now. What do you say?
1: Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm wearing burnt orange on a Monday because we're playing in the college football playoffs. So we got to keep talking ball uh, like we always do. But yeah, excited to to keep talking ball here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Drew's going to be one of our hosts and guests. Uh, the rest of the Inside Texas crew will do the same. Uh, what we're going to do in the early going is mix and match personality, see who jives and gets along together, uh, you know, trading concepts. Uh, some guys will host, some guys will, will be guests and, and they'll switch it up and vice versa. We just want to find the best matches. Uh, a lot of this is kind of new to us. Um, don't judge a, don't judge a restaurant on the first night like a lot of those Yelpers do, uh, you know. Uh, give us a little bit of a chance, and we'll round into forum. This is uh, you know, some of this is not this is not our forte. I would much prefer the written word, uh, but I got to do what's best for inside Texas and in the the Texas fan base. And I think we've got a lot of personalities that it uh, that need that need to be shared. Guys like Drew, uh, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, Ian Boyd, Paul Waddlington. Uh, we've got a really good crew, and we, and we look forward to bringing you as many shows as possible. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do it. Uh, Well, before we get started, uh, let's talk a little bit about a sponsor. We got a first sponsor already. That's pretty exciting. It's brought to you by Andre the Lawyer, a longtime Inside uh, Texas reader. Andre never sees more than uh, than the customer. Uh, No win, no pay, no upfront costs. His principal office is in Dallas, Texas. He's a growing company. He's looking at more offices. If he's a growing company, you know what that means. He's getting results. Uh, Every client gets a personalized text message number so that you have direct access to your lawyer. You can contact Andre at 214-444-8808 for car wrecks, 18-wheeler accidents, slip and fall accidents, or on-the-job injuries, and including wrongful deaths. Hopefully you don't have to call for that with him. Call him at 214-444-8808. That's Andre the lawyer. He's a good friend of mine. He'll take care of you. Drew, um, given that we haven't really done much time on video together, you know, and we were joking offline, most of our talking about football occurs over barbecue and maybe a beer or two. Um, i need to get your thoughts on the overall season just the uh, the macro level look uh, we don't have to get too uh too into the nitty-gritty but what are, what are your takeaways from from start to finish your elevator takeaway from the uh from the season
1: honestly i'm really I really going into the season and really last spring uh, I, I went to go see the guys practice it's probably the last practice they had before the spring game last year and it was just a different energy um, there was there was some connectedness and, and i just felt um that this team was, was, was buzzing um, as the themes went into fall camp. And I started hearing a bit more about how Sark was guiding the team, some things he was being intentional about. Um, I became incredibly confident in what this team could put on the field. Uh, both the guys that it developed in the offseason uh and some of the new additions that were coming in and making splashes already. So um, I think, you know, Eric, I mean, I, I, I said we'd go undefeated and it wasn't because I did, I thought it was, I mean, it had nothing to do with the reality of you know the season and the logistics and all the things that can be challenges. It's just from a talent standpoint, I felt we had the guys, the system the talent uh, to actually go out and, and execute and put us in position to win every game on our calendar. Um, I must say kind of starting the season, going into Alabama, uh, winning on the road at night, mm-hmm. um, that was the game that was really the, the game that I wasn't sure about um, and not sure about not in the sense of the character uh, or the preparedness of the guys is just, you know, Alabama is Alabama. And you just never know when you go there um, what they're going to deploy, what type of talent they have, and um, know just how they're going to use it. And so that game uh, was a critical moment for for me and kind of really testing the character in so many other ways. the same thing with the rest of it, with right. everyone else. It's like, oh, man, this team is legit. But it, it, for me, it went beyond that. Uh, it went beyond that and that they were calm. Um, oh yeah. they were they were controlled. Even Sark, I saw him have some calm and control. And um, but the season in and of itself, kind going back to your question, um, it was you saw the togetherness, um, you saw the toughness and resiliency yeah. that the team has, um, and you just saw their their commitment to 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 working through all the challenges that came with the season. Um, I won't even talk about. Uh, OU game without mentioning that that our center went out uh, the second drive of the game because I think that's important context to place. Sure, um, I mean, we had a core group across the O-line, and while we weren't perfect up until that point, um, I think that was a key thing to note. But at the end of the day, uh, these guys put themselves in position over the season in spite of injuries, in spite of injuries at the core positions, uh, yeah. the quarterback. Uh, but then we had guys who were fighting through injuries and toughness. I mean, they're guys who played every game. Xavier, Xavier worthy stands up after every yeah. catch every route down the field, even when it's not a catch. It looks like that may be his last play. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so you just, we have a lot of guys who are really tough, uh, really going out there and laying it all on the line. And that was a recipe for success they've experienced this year, but that's also something that I saw in these guys with the way they practice and the way they challenge each other in the off season and going through fall camp. So um yeah, uh, this this team had had all the elements to get through the season just the way that I expected, but I, I just couldn't be more proud.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of similar to me. It's, you know, we had all these leading indicators in August that we talked about and we wrote about, and, you know, those really led the way. Uh, the experience, yeah. I think, came to fruition. Uh, I think that experience uh, went a long way towards them actually learning how to win. Uh, you talked about that game in Alabama when they got down to the third quarter. I think, you know, a lot of us, after feeling like Texas was in control for, for long stretches of that game, got a little nervous, but they, they just marched right down the field and never looked back. uh, just took total control. And that's, that's what the thing is, you know, Sark Sark teed up the ball for this program, uh, but Sark still had to, to step in the tee box and, and stripe it down the middle of the, of the fairway. And, and he did, you know, maybe a little, a couple of practice swings, maybe had a mulligan here or there. It wasn't always beautiful. Um, but the leading indicators that he set in motion, he took advantage of them throughout and credit to the players. And um, yeah, that's why they're at. So, so they make it to the playoffs by, you know, Kind of by the skin of their teeth, at least. Uh, maybe not on the last day, but going into the last weekend, they were seventh. Um, not a lot of, I don't think any team had gone gotten into the playoffs, being uh, ranked seventh or lower going into that last weekend. So there's right. tons of excitement. They're amped up. They couldn't be more hyped about being in the playoffs. Uh, they've they've achieved their goal of winning the Big Twelve championship, and then they have to rest. Just kind of calm down and and and, and motor down. You've been through this situation. You are you you won the Big Twelve championship. Uh, just destroyed colorado in uh, in reliant uh, at the time it was reliant um and then you have a long layoff before the biggest game of your life what is going through your mind for those especially for those first two weeks when i, I assume you're you're resting in, as opposed to uh you know staying in in football mode
1: um honestly it's it's you're in you're in uncharted territory right um because you actually get a week to focus on school and finals and and that be the one thing now you're still working out and you're still doing your treatments and you're getting you're going through the process of getting healed up because at this point of the season, everybody's banged up with something. Uh, so you're taking care of your body. Uh, you're doing great to stay, right. you know, to keep, keep maintenance going over the first two weeks of this this period. But um, usually during that time, you're, when you're taking care of yourself, you're just you're just ready to get back to ball. Um, and then that that's the first transition. It's like, I'm just ready to get back to ball, get back into the routine of practice, get back in the routine, get back around your teammates um, and go prepare for this this huge undertaking. Uh, that that you that you set up yourself to to be in a position to pursue. So um, there's that position. There's that transition from let's just get back to practice, and then when those practices start, uh, I mean you're, you're not practicing about you're not focused on Washington at all. Uh, you're focused on yourself. You're focused on your technique. You got young guys are getting a lot of plays. There's usually scrimmages um, at practices during both season and like serious scrimmages during practices at both seasons where you get to really get the young guys a tons of reps. Um, uh, but you're also getting these guys geared up for, for scout team and and how they'll be able to, to help prepare. You want to make sure that they know how to resemble and emulate uh, what the horns are going to see coming into the bowl game. Um, And so you come, you're working on yourself first, uh, once you get back, but then it gets to that point where you're just ready to start practicing for Washington. Like, can we just get that going? Get that rolling. Uh, and, And that's when you start chomping at the bit. And you go through a couple of weeks of that, and it just it, the time it takes it kind of reminds you of the off season. When, but it's almost worse because the off season you know you have a game and it's yeah. months out, right? In this case, you're like, it's like waiting for Christmas. Experience. I was about
0: to ask that. I've got a five year old. Every day, like- every day he comes out to the tree wants to open up a present. and I don't. I, we don't even have a put put a present down there for him. The only presents under there are for him from other people. Every day he wants to open it. So that has, I, I was going to make that analogy. Is that is that what it's like with you know every day has got to be creeping by slowly. Especially they haven't even got back to practice. They get back to practice on Friday the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, once you got back to practice and got in that mode, what was it like? Was it was it like OU week? Was it uh, was it different? Um, is it it's just a whole different level getting ready to play the greatest team of all time?
1: The, the funny thing about football is you can blow out a team seventy to three in the Big Twelve Championship. And there's still more than enough to get coached on. Right. Um, we so saw We saw that with how they beat
0: Texas Tech so easily. They still left a lot of points on the board. They had five field goals. That could have been, you know, those could have been touchdowns.
1: Yeah, man. So, so coach, I think the coaches and I trust this staff too, will do a really good job of going back and showing guys where they've struggled um, and, and really honing in on the day-to-day preparation, um, telling them, letting them know like, Hey, if this is the standard of ball you play, we will not win this game. If this is the the way if you miss this tackle like this in this situation or if you miss this call, if you're not communicating, if you miss this catch. Uh, so it really allows allows us to hone in on, on, on the individual development and making sure guys are aware. And You really want to just pressure them. You really want to keep your thumb on this is essential and really just drive home the standard, all while giving them opportunities and scrimmages uh, to, to to go out and show that they are making progress on some of these areas because everyone has tendencies and and, de- and deficiencies and just maybe trends in the way they play the game. So uh, that's just a key element. Uh, that's how you keep the pressure on um, is, is by giving guys something to chase and pursue. Um, the game is 30 days ahead. Right. but There's always something that day uh, that the guys need to focus on, hone in on, and, and be ready to go in and execute. Uh, that takes them to the next day, and so I think Sark has done a really good job of, of making sure the guys are focused on where they are. And um, these guys have a lot, a lot of things to work on, but a lot to be excited about. So hopefully, they take that excitement and they pour it into each and every day as it leads up to the seat to, the, to, this, uh, to this college football playoff. Yeah, it seems like a fine line uh, for the
0: coaches to uh, to get you guys peaking at the right time. You know, they peaked at the right time this season. I'm not saying that it was uh, intentional, but they peaked late when they had to. They won in dramatic fashion the last couple of weeks. And really propelled them in the in the you know mind of the committee that that they were one of the top three teams in the country. This is kind of its own little season where they need to get them peaking on on January first, you know they not not December twenty fourth or something. Uh, how do they manage that? Is it you know, I guess it's just their individual governor as, as far as uh, understanding their team uh, based on the you know being with them the last couple of years. Or are they looking for certain indicators of you know? I know they measured how tired they are, how physical practice might be. Are there certain things the coach might look for as far as gauging whether or not they're peaking at the right time?
1: Well, one element to it is just when you're only focused on the day and the task of the day, and that task is building towards being able to play in that game and being prepared to play in that game, um, that helps build that momentum to peak. Because right when you get to the point where, let's say, over the next over the first week of practice, uh, you, you're just working on DBs, just how are they opening up and and how how are they covering passes? How are they pressing man? How are they working on those types of techniques? And this is just an example. Um, you go through a week of that, a week of repping that to the point of, you know, mastery, but consistency and guys getting back into the details and the techniques. Once you get to that point, that's when you're turning the page to the next thing. All right. This week, we're focused on our plays, our playbook, our things we want to get better at collectively how we execute, how we go about executing these plays, uh, how we communicate as an O-line, how we communicate as a defense. Uh, Beyond that, then you can kind of start dialing in and drilling down into Washington. What is it they do that could disrupt us? What what individual players are disruptive that we need to to, to scheme around? Uh, What opportunities do they present? And so it all depends on how you program and build on top of the program as you work towards the game. And then once you get the game week, I mean, you felt like you're pursuing something leading up to that, and so I think the slowest part of the process is when you actually get out to where you're going to have the game, and you go mm-hmm. through those bold practice practices, and that's probably the hardest week because you, you may not be as physical, and we'll see how how Sart goes about it with, with this squad, but uh, but you are dialed in mentally, and you're just making sure your body is fresh and prepared, and at that point, it's really hard to keep anybody from from chomping at the bit. Yeah. Um, because uh, it's just you've been waiting so long. You've been hearing all the hype. You've been hearing all these opinions about it. Um, but then you're just ready to go play.
0: Spinning it back to where we're at right now. It's you know, they're, they're working out the soreness from the season, trying to get healthy. Uh, I've heard uh, some anecdotal uh, stories of guys probably still going a little too hard. I think they're still like like a horse trying to come out of the gates. You know, uh, they got to, they've got to slow themselves down a little bit. Uh, we are talking about the soreness of the season. I like that saying because it, it takes its, uh, its toll on you. It, it might not be anything specific. It's just your whole body is needs needs a rest. Um, one of the things I ask ex players is, you know, what 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 were the the teams that were most physical, the ones that you felt a little bit different on Monday morning and a, and a team that I commonly hear. And of course, this is, is to, uh, usually from talking to, to, to guys from the 2000s and 10s. You're you're an old head at this point, uh, but it's Kansas State. Uh, But Kansas State had Bill Snyder back in the day. So, you know, they're always playing adults, physically mature people. What what are some of the teams that you played? And maybe it could change from year to year. What were the teams that you played that you knew you had to to buckle the chin strap a little tighter?
1: Uh, You know, what's funny is you can always tell how tough a team is on special teams. And so um, when I when I would run down the field on special teams, you would know how committed they were to doing their job, how physical they were on special teams. How nasty they were with finishing their blocks. Yeah. You usually can tell the core of a team's culture and their physicality on special teams. Um, K-State stood out in that way, um, and we're—I mean, Oklahoma State. I, I felt even with—I mean, they—they they always took uh, t- took those things seriously. Uh, and and the, people think when they think physical, they're thinking the physical head-to-head, bumping heads, the collisions, right? Yeah. It's not so much the collisions as much as it is the collisions after the exhaustion, after sprinting down the field for a long play, after running down on the kickoff. Um, and so one thing I know we experienced in certain teams, they just have a, they run a high volume of plays. It's like when you're getting a ton of reps, running high volume of plays, your body goes through this exertion. There's a, there's a certain level of atrophy that takes place that maybe when you're fresh and you're pounding and you're right. fresh and you're being physical, it's no big deal. Uh, but then it's just kind of a law of diminishing returns. Once you keep bumping heads, once you keep getting physical, once you keep coming downhill uh, and running, it's, it's the full body exertion uh, that, that a team can extend on you. And K-State was really good at that. Uh, Oklahoma State was good at kind of spreading the field to make you cover the entirety of the field at that time. Uh, o- OU, uh, they may not have been physical in, in every game they played, but every game they played against us, they definitely yeah. were. Um uh, and then at the time i feel like a m was a game that that you felt like would bring it uh when they brought it and sometimes Mizzou, uh, i feel like Mizzou had a, had a good little run that, that that could stretch you um just depending on uh the guys that they had in the program but it's not just the phys- physicality of it um it's it's the mental tolls right. it, it's all of it it's all of it because all these guys are doing things at home and, and balancing a lot more in some ways than i did um uh, with nil and all the other obligations that come with it so um, yeah, it, it definitely takes a toll. Well,
0: that's what part of the break is right now. is It's a mental break as much as a physical break. But I like what you said. How you led with uh, that, you could tell about how tough a team is by their special teams. Anybody that's watched Texas coverage coverage teams this year is going to say, if, you know, if Drew's right, then Texas has a physical team. And I think, um, you know, I think we've seen some physical dominance uh, at times this year, up, uh, definitely up front on the defensive line. I think the offensive line has started to assert itself a lot more uh, in the latter half of the season. Certainly Christian Jones played, played well all year uh, as, as a physical blocker. Uh, but I think physicality is something that, you know, you look at Lincoln Riley, maybe you, and you talk about all these, um, all these uh, geniuses, all these offensive masterminds, uh, but they they're, they're usually lacking something that physicality. And that's something that's, uh, I think, surprises some people about a Steve Sarkeesian team. Yeah. And that's probably where, you know, part of his background, he's, 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 uh, he was an apprentice under two defensive coaches, um, as opposed to. and and I guess you could say that the same about Lincoln Riley under Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops was just kind of a a CEO, I think by the time he was, by the time Lincoln got there. what What sort of tone do you think the head coach sets versus uh, when it comes to physicality as opposed to maybe uh, you know strength and conditioning? how how much how much does it actually come from the coach, or how much does it come from selecting the right players? Uh, strength and conditioning? How much does the the defensive coordinator uh, have input? I think you know we saw Will Muschamp had a a significant Mm -hmm. effect uh, when he got there. How much is it that the head coach sets a tone versus everybody else and all the other factors?
1: Uh, I just think at the core, uh, who who Sark is and the culture that he's building. I mean, he he embraces competition. Uh, When he wanted to hire staff, who did he go chase? He went and got the guy who gave him the most problems um, as an offensive coordinator. Uh, He doesn't shy away from competition and he respects it. And so uh, him going and getting PK kind of shows him f- for himself. Like He respects mm-hmm. opponents. He respects competition. But he's also built a culture of guys who come in and they both know yeah. we have to compete. But we got to respect our teammates and understand the guy next to me, behind me, and the guy that I'm fighting for, maybe the guy who can take my spot uh, if I'm not performing. So I, I think that sets the culture. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, there, there's a standard. And you can't hide from the film. Uh, every practice gets filmed. Right. Uh, they watch every practice, every play, every drill of every player. So uh, you really can't hide. And now they have sensors on the players now. That I, oh, yeah. I mean, that's they,
0: they measure your effort.
1: Um, yep. You would have you yeah. would have caught me loafing on a few. Um, I'm just saying. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. that practice, when you're really pushed and stretched, um, I think the technology that we have now really tests where guy's effort is, yep. and you can't hide from that.
0: Right. Yeah. They're testing you uh, to see your effort or if you're or if you're hurt, you know, if you're if you're if your numbers aren't up, they're going to say you're hurt. And then but but then you're going to go get tested to see if you're hurt or you got to come clean and say you're not giving everything you have to. I think Sark is very practical in that he understands the physical uh, nature of the of of the game, especially on the offensive line, makes his job a lot easier. And that's why, you know, he does try to run the ball. He likes those bigger personnel sets. And then he gets all the credit for uh, for taking the shot over the top. Not all the credit, but, you know, it's deserved (laughs) as well. Uh, well, I think uh, I better I better say something about, about our sponsor here. Andre, the lawyer, kind enough to join us so quick before we even had any sort of proof of concept, any following. We have zero subscribers. So uh, You guys need to change that. All right. Especially my inside Texas community. Um, like and subscribe. Uh, recommend it to a friend. And if you need a lawyer, call Andre, the lawyer. He's your personal injury att- attorney. He doesn't get paid if you don't get paid. Uh, he's right there in Dallas. Uh, his number is 214-444-8808, 214-444-8808. That should be easy enough for me to have memorized by the next time. Drew, I got to say, man, I love you for joining the, the program, joining the uh, joining the IT team in a, in a more official capacity. I feel like it's about 10 years overdue, uh, but I'm glad the timing happened when it did. Uh, you got anything to say as, as we uh, we part for the uh, for the day, but I, I know you got a show coming up in the next couple of days, too.
1: Well, just there's a couple of thoughts. It's, I know people people ask about like the mindset of, of a team going through this, and like imagine imagine I think people don't realize. Like, first of all, you came to Texas to do this. Uh, that's one thing that I was when I was thinking about. Like, where was I at this moment? You came to Texas to play for championships. Uh, you came to Texas to compete. You came to Texas. Like, so the guys are exactly where they intended to be. I know they publicly all said a hey, big 12 championship is our goal and right. they achieved that, but you came to Texas to compete for championships. And so, you know, people always ask me about pressure. Like, do guys feel pressure? Like what, what, what exactly is it like? No, this is, this is what you you came here to do. Um, but the second thing too with mindset is like, imagine how a guy like, you know, uh, Manny Muhammad, Jaden blue um, guys who started getting some more reps towards the end of the season. Know how much energy they have, how, how they're yeah. chomping at the bit to get out there. Offensive line look really good, kind of to finish out the season. Oh, so yeah. those guys are ready to really get back out there and play again. Uh, that, that's really the major thing when it comes down to individual players. Um the mindset is is they can't wait to get back out there to do it. And then there are players who are who are going to be competing for new positions. I mean, um, I, I don't know if Jelani McDonald's gonna move to safety now, but if he is. He has 30 days and, and several practices to, to, to kind of get a head start on, on showing what he can do and learning right. and showing what he can do. Anthony Hill, I want to see him after 30 days of preparing a pa- oh. packages for him. You know, every everything we've seen this season has been on seven game, seven day turnarounds. And, uh, but, you know, this is a big passing game. Uh, this is a big opportunity. And so there are certain guys you can scheme into the process and scheme into the defense scheme into the offense um, Keelan Robinson's another. There's just several guys really? who, the way that they finish the season, um, they're going to be chomping at the bit at the bit to prepare, show that they're ready, show that they can earn those snaps in this game in several weeks, and, and that's a lot what's going to be going on behind the scenes in, in the next several weeks. And that, that's really the fun part about being a player is uh, you just get to build towards something. I'm really excited about these guys uh, as, as they get ready to prepare for this big one coming up on January 1st.
0: Absolutely, we're definitely going to hear about some new wrinkles being instituted. We started to see them uh, later in, in, in the uh, in the last couple of weeks. You know, the two running back sets we started to see used a little bit more. That hit for some big gains. I uh, thought they did some different things in red zone. We're going to hear about some interesting things. We're going to cover them at InsideTexas.com. We'll talk about them here as well. Andrew Kelson, I appreciate you joining joining us. We'll see you next week, buddy.
1: Sounds great. Sounds great. Thanks, E.